This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. This is a podcast about pinball, folks, not about other things not related to food or movies or TV, okay? Just the same. Anyway, I'm your host, Chris Freebus, a.k.a. Shut Your Trap. Joining me as always, halfway across the room, Jared Morgan. Yeah, it really is just about pinball most of the time. (laughs) It's not about about JW action, and it's not about, I don't know, like men's rights and other stuff as well. (laughs) So but let's talk yes. about that for a moment, shall we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, welcome to the confusion. Um, we we were getting our podcast set up, and uh, as always, I tweet out on the Blockade account at Blockade on Twitter uh, the link to our podcast. And so somebody somebody logged in. Uh, what the hell? I don't care. Uh, username of Average Joe. And Jared was having some difficulties again because he forgot to uh, reboot his modem. Reset the modem. Why? You know, I I reset my modem all the time, right? Uh huh. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Australia. Uh, So thanks, thanks, thanks Australia Internet. Awesome Australia (laughs) Internet. So we hadn't even really gotten going with anything other than just checking uh, Jared's signal. And just as soon as Jared logs off, this guy pops in. He's like, hey, I've talked to you crazies before. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay, if you say so, I'd nothing okay. about So I go, so uh, how how would we know you in, in our little you know pinball world? And he goes, oh, I'm, not, I'm not here for pinball. So I'm here to talk about Jehovah's Witnesses and the harm that they do to little kids. <laughs> I go. Um, <laughs> we talk pinball here. <laughs> uh, uh, just want to talk some pinball here. Not whatever the Not hell really, you want um, to go on about, mate. Unless there's a who knows, Jared. Maybe there's a, a Jehovah Witness pinball machine that comes to your door every now and then and says, "Hi, would you like to play the Watchtower?" And then you could play the game, but you have to talk to them for you know, a couple of minutes. And then when you're done, they take the pinball machine to the next door. You know, I don't know. That... <laughs> well, you know, I think, I reckon that um, if it's going to be uh, a Jehovah's Witness machine, it needs to be an orgasmo machine. It needs to be orgasmo. <laughs> No, 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 that's that the only that, Jehovah's Witness that no, I no, want to no, have at that, my door. You, you've got that mixed up because that's, that's the Mormons. Oh, the Mormons. <laughs> That's why I say yeah, the, the, right. the, the J Dubs. It's all about the Watchtower. Uh, so yeah, they don't have any cool movies about them. So no, they don't have care. any cool movies about them. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, yes, we are. We're, we're perfectly supportive of your religious beliefs and stuff here at uh, <laughs> at Blockade. Uh, <laughs> so do what you like. We're not going to judge you, but uh, don't come. Well, we're going to judge you if you come in here completely oblivious to what we talk about. And and the the best was when he 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 goes, "Well, I like that old Star Trek pinball." <laughs> and I said, "Which one? Next mm-hmm. Generation or original?" He goes, "I don't know. It had a flappy thing on it." <laughs> I went, "Okay, well, um, maybe that was one of the older ones." And then there was like this silent pause and followed by, well, I guess I'll go, uh, I'll go find somebody else to, to talk to and stalk. <laughs> I'm like, bye. 
Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Go away. Oh, I, I I don't know. That gave me a good laugh. I don't think it's still as nearly as good as when we had the angry black woman screaming at us about uh, women's rights or men's rights. We don't even know what she was screaming at us about. Women's women's rights. Yes, yeah, she was really going off her head at us because we we managed to do something. To I her. don't think we managed to do anything. I think uh, well, 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 no, we, we clearly we, we, we did because we're men. No, well, clearly <laughs> did because we have penises, and <laughs> therefore was... we by proxy they're all the things wrong. Yes. Uh, it it yes. does remind me a bit, and this is one thing that I missed. Uh, what was that? Um, oh, guy, I can't even remember what the heck the uh, site was that we were using previously, where uh, people could, uh, it was video and people. You know, oh, um, Blab. 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 That's right. Blab. Had some interesting folks on it. Yes. Oh, my God. Was, Blab was great because you would. It was around Robin. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you logged in, it would show you here's what's blabbing right now. And there would be a visual. And so you could just randomly mm-hmm. be like, oh, those people look interesting, click on them, and join the conversation. And so we would get some people yeah. just like randomly. And the, the best one, though, and this, uh, what I loved about it was the one time when the guy came on and was like, hey, want to check out my pinball collection? Well, like, he went, ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And he started showing <laughs> us all these machines he had. We're like, this is great. Too bad yeah. it doesn't translate to the podcast, but. <laughs> but it's like we basically got a live walkthrough of this dude's house. Yeah. It was incredible. See, so, this is the thing I miss so much about that service. It was so good. Yeah, it really so was. It was a blast. On it. it was so easy to get people on. You just tweet it out, they join, and you're done. Yeah. You're quite literally just done. Yeah, yep, and we never seem to have uh, we never seem to have any technical hiccups either. I mean, well, we had technical hiccups actually posting, but while it was live and yes. recording, we never had hi- technical hiccups. No, it was working fine. But no, the only technical hiccups that was before I got MBN. So it's actually um, not it's it's not Hangouts' fault. It's it's the stupid internet service that I got here. So it, it's it's not the computer. It's the stupid connectivity. Okay, so, well, get wrecked. <laughs> well, yeah, folks, on uh, yeah. this week's uh, on this week's lovely adventure in podcasting, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, places me and Jared visited. And we're going to talk a little mm. a smidgen of Farsight news that I managed to eke out of them. And mm. uh, why don't we go ahead and start as normal with the Zen? pinball tournament for the week we were playing mm. droids you uh you familiar with that table jared star wars droids, droids. uh yes a little bit yes it's very um it's got some very strange ramp shots on it um, um they sort of loop back over themselves and it's all very interesting it does the crossover action so it's it kind of reminds me of what a uh, uh, yes. what is that mark ritchie uh that does the, yes. the, the crossover on all of his tables Oh, yes. You're like on fishtails uh, and stuff. Yeah, and uh, taxi. and Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. It's also a table that nobody really... I mean, I, th- I think it's really underrated, but it's kind of a lot of fun once you get into it because your initial inclination on playing the table is to just you know shoot orbits and shoot ramps, and there's a little droid symbol in front of each one, and of course, once you light up their name completely, then it would basically give you one more shot to hit, and if you hit that shot, that would increase the jackpot value. 
And I remember when I oh, first yes. started playing the table, I was like, this is kind of boring. There's nothing going on. Mm. It's just me increasing the jackpot. How do I even get the jackpot going? I don't know. And what I was failing to notice was smack dab in the middle. There is a, uh, well, it looks like it would be drop down targets, but it's just a three bank of, of static targets, you might say. And once you hit that three times, that whole thing drops down and that's your mission hole. And oh, so then yes. when you shoot the mission hole, you can start doing your missions. Well, that's where the jackpot value, I believe, of each ramp then increases when you're able to shoot for an actual jackpot All during right. a mission. I don't know. It, it's it, I'm a little bit fuzzy on the rules there. But the missions themselves are a blast. Uh, you know, you have one mission no. that it collects the various C-3PO parts. And once you shoot a lane, then you have to shoot this one particular uh, uh, sinkhole and that collects one part of 3PO. There's another one where the ramps all of a sudden give a lot of a, get a lava pit in front of them. So if your ball drops back down, it goes into the lava. Not that that ends your ball. Oh, yeah. I played that one. Yeah. yeah uh, I played that one. And then if you hit a particular shot, or if you hit the bumpers five times, then all of a sudden an explosive ball will come down, and you only have a few seconds to shoot that into the central uh, drop hole to explode that affects blowing up the ship that you're on. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and modes that they do. And it's one of those things that I really applaud Zen for doing because it's that perfect blend of keeping a very pinball feel to the machine, but also doing things digitally that just are not possible on a real machine. Unless you have an explosive pinball on a real machine, you know, go yes. figure. But, um, that's right. So it's, it's, it's more actually, like um, even it's though it's even though it's ex- I guess even though it's an explosive pinball, and sure you can't do them in real life, it's it's still using the usual pinball mechanic. So right, a timed you know, hurry up shot. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Except instead of having the shot timed, it's the actual ball itself. So right. it's a nice uh, twist. I guess and on what is a pretty regular pinball meme. Well, and, and it's fun theme. too because Zen has used this exact pinball. It looks like a like the detonator uh, that you see in Return of the Jedi. That uh, when Princess Leia is in the bounty hunter garb has uh, thermal. You know, three people. Oh, yes. oh my god, it's a thermal detonator. Um, that's what the ball turns into. And other tables, uh, Star Wars tables, use that exact same thing. So it's uh, a, a theme that has been repeated across Zen tables. So it's kind of fun mm. that way. Anyway. It's like their version of cows. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so Droids was the table of the week. Uh, we played it for five days. It was a three ball, and I use that term loosely because one thing about the Droids table is you can earn extra balls like crazy. Just by sneezing. Um, uh, yeah, it's they they they're very liberal with them, um, and then, so because of that, I only allowed one uh, boost that uh, you could pick yeah. to play during the table. So our top five, we had uh, Papa Nods come in at 149 million. Then Tritium O3 came in at 153 million. Then Dirty. Pick SK came in at 155 million. I came in second place at 168 million, and sneaking in, stealing that title away from me was Nimbly at 170 million. 
So as you can see, the scores were good rather scores. tight. Good grouping. Yeah. Yeah, and very good grouping. Had, yeah. And we had uh, 30 players join us this time. So next week, or I should say this week that we're in right now, as you're listening to this podcast, um, as I mentioned uh, with Last Jedi opening up on Friday, uh, what the hell, let's play another Star Wars table. We are going to play The Force Awakens. It is going to be a five-minute table, and you will have whatever uh, boost you'd like to use. So that'll be the rules. Ah, so quick in and out. Quick in and out. It's, it's, it's kind of hard figuring out what best to choose for a table. I, I'm not a fan in general of the survival. I got to say that. Um, you don't enjoy a table that way. You just flip and hope you score. Mm. <laughs> so I'm not really a fan of survival. The five minute is good for tables that can go on forever. Yes. Uh, so that, that way you're not getting that grind of, oh God, somebody Another else has a lot of time on their hands and no matter what score I post, they're just going to hop on and take their time and beat me. So that kind of eliminates the fun. But then there's tables like with droids where I specifically wanted people to be able to explore the table because I think it's a table worth exploring. It's a fun table uh, that not a lot of people mm, absolutely. play. So it's kind of that weird find find the balance. <laughs> the The suggestion came on that, hey, how about whoever wins the tournament of the week, they get to pick the next table and the conditions. Now, normally I would be kind of like, hey, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. But then again, I know you are listeners. And we have tried contests. We have tried different ways of engaging you. And you're a very passive audience. <laughs> you, don't, you don't like actually, you know, you'll, you'll play our game. You'll play the tournament. So that's cool. But then if we actually ask you to, you know, do email something. or do something, then it doesn't happen. So yeah, that's right. That was, that was where, where I kind of came down. It's like, I'm not opposed to the idea, but on the flip side, I'm not going to hold up our tournament while I wait for a response from somebody. Cause I still have to post it under shut your trap as the, you know, hosting the, that mm. week's tournament. And so my, my solution to that and, if you are a listener and you are one of these top five people, uh, specifically if you're nimble Lee and listening, um, and you want, you can go ahead and start your own tournament in Zen using your own username. And all you have to do is email us at blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com or send us a tweet at blockade and tell us what the conditions or, uh, you know, just tell us what your choice is and what your conditions are. And then we'll go ahead and forward that tweet out and say, hey, make sure that in addition to playing the Shut Your Trap tournament, go ahead and search out this other person's tournament that they're going to run for this week. So we'll give you a little promotion and get your uh, uh, get a group of players playing with you too. Oh, good. Yeah, that's a good idea. So that's mm. if you want to uh, you know join in that way. Otherwise, I'm just going to continue as normal. <laughs> that's right. Just, yeah, exactly. Because it works. Yeah. Hey, did you happen to uh, catch Zen actually did a Twitch stream of their newest table that's going to be coming out very soon? I saw the Twitch stream, but of course it wasn't really on the time that I could join, um, so, right. which was unfortunate. But it looks like a roller coaster themed table. 
It's a it's a theme park table, no doubt about it. Um, I only caught the last five minutes of. I wasn't even paying attention, and I flipped. I looked, and it was like they were talking about the Twitch stream new table. I was like, oh, I wonder how it's. It was like an hour already, you know, from when it was announced. So I clicked it, and I caught the last five minutes, and it was of a table called Adventureland, and it's very mm. much a theme park. Uh, I would. You might say it's it's if you blended. Uh, cyclone okay. with Funhouse, you know, in terms of the the crazy style that you're going with, because uh, it's definitely a carnivalish theme park. Uh, okay, you know, in in terms of its theming, um, you know, there's roller coasters, yes, but it's a lot of also carnival kind of games. But hey, from the from the brief amount that I saw, they got a crazy group of stuff happening. I mean, there is a full game on the back box. There is mini games. There's a, a spinner kind of like what teed off has, you know, with a, a the ball drops in and the cup starts spinning. Um, so it's kind of got that going on. It's uh, got a clicky wheel thing that's going. I mean, I don't know. There was just a lot of stuff happening. Um, that kind of Sounds makes me cool. go, oh, this is, yeah, this, this is pretty cool. This is interesting. Um, fireworks go off at, at various points. I mean, I don't know. They, it was just kind of all over the map. Uh, and then right when they were ending it, they said that they have, this is a part of a table pack, and the other table is called Son of Zeus. So I imagine, remember when they first announced Pinball FX3 and they had a trailer, the, these are the two tables that we saw in that trailer. Ah, uh, yes. So. Son um, of Zeus, eh? Any Son of Zeus. Uh, no, they're going to be doing a Twitch stream of that this week, which leads me to cool. believe, I gotta imagine, that they're going to release these right before Christmas. Um, I mm. think. I don't know. Yeah, especially, I so. Especially since they just put out, uh, well, they will have put out uh, during this week their release on the Switch. Yes, with their fancy so, schmancy controller thing, they got sorted out. Right? Yeah, sounds cool. Which, yeah, I'm, 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 I'll be. I don't know. I, I, I want to see what it exactly does. You know, uh, how it. Yeah, uh, I would like to play one. Do you know anyone with a Switch? No. No, I think I know a couple of people with the Switch, but I don't know whether they go out and buy the uh, disc for it, uh, or sorry, the cartridge, because I think it's actually a f- like proper chip cartridge. Uh, again, now for, for um, it's it's an SD card. Oh, it's an SD card, yeah. So yeah. right, yeah, hmm. um, yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't know when I'll get to uh, when or yeah, when I'll get to get my hands to see. I mean, because then the person would have to download Pinball Arcade also, or not Pinball Arcade, uh, Pinball FX three. But that oh, does right, yeah. that does lead me into my next point, which is mm-hmm. Farsight news. Um, they're putting out uh, Stern Pimble Arcade onto the Switch. Uh, apparently, it's already out in Europe. Uh, came out on oh, December 1st. Okay. And for North America, it's coming out on December 12th. And so I, <laughs> I went ahead and I asked the question, so are you going to have portrait mode also, just like Zen? And from what I understand, no. <laughs> 
Uh, yes. So not yeah. not at release here. Not at release at least. Um, and I got that from people that have tried. I was reading forums and people that have tried it out already. Somebody asked that question: Is yep. it in portrait mode? And they're like, No, it's just landscape. Um, but mm-hmm. the review that they gave that that person gave was it looks every looks and plays every bit as good as the PS4 version. And the yep. news I got from Farsight was that porting this over to the Switch was very smooth and one of their least bugged launches, you might say, that they've ever done. So Farsight's really high on it. Um, that's I'm, good. That's, that's good. Mm-hmm. Let's I, see what I, happens. I still would only dip my toe into that water until I see the next table get released and is it timed you know is it day and date with everything else or is it going to be a, a, a massive delay but I do hope that uh, Farsight takes advantage of being able to put it in portrait mode I mean if you can do it with your oh, phone yeah. and this is a mobile console I mean it's what it's being billed as take advantage you know and then maybe totally. you can maybe you can steal some ideas from Zen <laughs> well why not I mean if they've somehow managed to do it, then it would make sense to actually kind of copy that, you know. Right? <laughs> We're going to do it. Maybe have a chat to the same Nintendo person that you would have had a chat with, that, that Zen would have had a chat with. So I understand <laughs> <laughs> that uh, somebody did something in landscape and we would like to do it too. Thank you. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, you think about it, all the other games on the Switch, like it opens up a new world for um, shoot 'em ups, you know, like the um, shmups, as they call them. Right. Um, so the vertical scrolling um, uh, shoot 'em ups, which would be really good on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, and all these other games that, you know, really would lend themselves better to that orientation. And so, yeah. I don't know. It, I think the reason why they want to do it is that to do that it then doesn't fit in well with um, the sort of the way you're supposed to use the switch uh, with the controls. Correct. So they're probably, that's why they're probably going, well, let's see what it's like on, on Zen maybe. And then we might open that part of the, um, the SDK up. Uh, but for, you know what? Nintendo switch. is always, you know, when the Wii U came out, they were talking about, Oh, look at how much, you know, look what we could do. We could have one thing on the, your TV screen and then a whole nother thing on your, on your Wii U pad. And then very few people used it because mm-hmm. Nintendo didn't really push for it. Or the third parties were like, well, no, we want to do a port of, you know, it has to be equal on each console. We can't have it yeah. be something special on one and not on another. Yeah. So I would hope that Nintendo would, would try and promote uh, unique interfaces and, and you know, obviously you can go into your back catalog of games. Uh, you know, think Absolutely. about being able to play, you know, centipede the way it should be vertical, although you still wouldn't have a trackpad, but uh, <laughs> well, isn't that your screen? Like it's not a touchscreen. Is it the, the no, it's not. Touch, I don't think it is. I don't know. Mm, no, Again, I don't think it is. I don't, I don't believe it is. It's not like the Wii U. Mm. Uh, so anyway, there was that bit of news. The other bit of news out of Farsight is that they have some stuff they would like to announce. They cannot announce it yet. It'll be after the holidays, at which point, apparently, Mike Lindsay will come and chat with us. Mm, very cool. So, 
stuff to look forward to. Apparently, things are in the works. I did ask him about the gap month once this current season ends. Are they going to repeat what they did last year? And he couldn't confirm it, but he thinks it's more than likely. That will be good. I really hope it's more than more than likely and actually yes. going to happen because that would be great. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. really would be. It would be nice. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, maybe there's other news that uh, you're alluding to could prevent them from investing resources in that. So who knows? Who knows? You know, it's this is what we do. We speculate. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, I, I literally sent him an email where I was like, so we're kind of dry on news about you guys. Can you please give us some dirt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please throw us a bone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, please, please help us out here. We got nothing. Um, so he didn't really give me much, but he gave me something. So we can, we can stretch oh, that. He threw you a couple of wing bones instead of a big brontosaurus. Right. <laughs> he, he did give me one other piece of information that I can't pass along, but I'll let yeah. you know. I'll let you know. Let's just say it'll be obvious when the time comes that I'm able to talk about it. Uh, and it will be before okay. the before things happen, but it'll be one of those things where, uh, yeah. <laughs> Boy, that was vague, wasn't vague, it? Chris is vague. <laughs> vague, Chris is vague. <laughs> Far out. Let's talk about our in-real-life pinballs that we did, Absolutely. our challenge that we set ourselves. So what did we yes. do? We said to each so, so Jared's we challenge play. was to go visit this place called Pincadia. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yep. It uh, is my, challenge, Pincadia, yeah. my challenge was to go pl- check out a uh, place near me called uh, Lost Levels. And the reason why we were going to go check them out was because they had pinball machines, and specifically, they had Guardians of the Galaxy. Hmm. At least I think so that was did, that was the case in Pinkity also, right? They had Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, no, the reason why I went there is they had the only Attack from Mars remake in Australia oh, on that's location. Right. I yes. got confused because I saw pictures that you clearly played Guardians also. Yeah, well, they managed to get that in two days before I arrived. So I was, I was lucky. So it was meant to be. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't try to go there early in the week. Now, interestingly, the... The ones that I took a shot of, the Guardians of the Galaxy, was a pro, but apparently yeah, that location. Uh, oh, really? Only pro? Uh, only pro. See, these guys will be getting a premium. Their their mandate is to only have premiums or higher uh, on the floor from instead, which they made an exception for with Games of Thrones, Game of Thrones, because that's a pro. And a lot but of people actually like the pro version better than the uh, premium. I think that's why they did it. <laughs> to be perfectly it, it honest, plays, it actually it plays faster. Better. It's a it's a much yeah. faster playing. So, what did uh, you think? Well, so so what did you think of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. So with Guardians, um, <laughs> here's here's my thing. Brand new because it had only been there less than a week or maybe a week. Mm. So fresh, 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 fresh rubber mm-hmm. on a Super table bounce. that seemingly is a drain monster to begin with. Oh, man. I mean, trying to keep a ball in play was a nightmare. <laughs> you know, uh, the ball would go to an in lane and all of a sudden just like magically rim out and then go to the out lane. He was like, no, you were in. And then go, burn, you know, because it hit the rubber just, and it was spinning, and the ball was spinning, and the table's highly waxed. And I mean, it was, it's one of those things that if you saw it happen in a video game, 
you would go magnets. That's a glitch. <laughs> yeah, magnets. That's magnets. Well, this one does um, actually have a magnet in it for real. It does. Uh, it does. The it very first time I experienced that, it sent it straight down the middle. I was like, "Yeah, thanks, magnet." So, um, my other impression is that it seems like you can get a good flow going ramp, ramp, uh, kind of shooting, mm-hmm. which is I'm always a fan of. Uh, I like how the ramps, they, they kind of pulled a bally there, putting the uh, ramp going into the back of the cabinet and back out the round, kind of like what a uh, uh, party zone. Wait, is that the one I'm thinking of? Party zone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, party zone does that. Um, or, well, it would be Data East, but Teenage Mutant Ninja, no. Simpsons did that, didn't it? I can't remember. Yeah, anyway, that's right. Now and then, now the machine. So did, have, um, so did Walking Dead. So did Walking right. Dead. They did that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they they seem to be doing that a fair bit with um, stand tables at the moment. They're going behind yeah. the playfield. Uh, I didn't really. I liked the Groot shot uh, or the Groot uh, shooting Groot uh, twice, or well, basically shoot him. And then he opens his mouth, and then you sink a ball, and then you shoot him again. He opens his mouth, and you sink a ball. So you do that three times, and then you can get uh, multi ball going. Mm. There is another vomit mech hole. multi ball, as we call it. <laughs> vomit me- vomit, vomit mech multi ball. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, um, it's the I was listening to the pin, uh, not pinheads, the head to head podcast again, and they were saying that they think it's the same mechanism that was using Kiss for yeah. Gene Simmons' head. So, okay. yeah, interesting. And then there's another multi-ball that you can shoot that's right there in the center of the table. Uh, orb multi-ball. But man, is that a brutal shot to try and hit because it's oh, narrow and it's surrounded by rubber and you don't hit it and your ball's now going sideways and probably in the outlane. Yep, pretty much. It uses the... Uh, it's the same sort of locking style as the um, the Vengeance shot in Star Wars where the ball gets trapped behind the target. Yeah. Um, and, uh, or if you like a more modern take on it, the uh, total nuclear annihilation stacked lock drop targets uh, that the guy that's got Denise prototyped and got into his game. So uh, it's sort of just stores the ball behind there. And I think the idea is when you hit the ball, um, what hit the drop target with another ball, it drops the target and it comes out. Um, I don't think I actually experienced that mode when I was playing it, though. I think I locked the ball in there, but I couldn't get it out for some reason. I got it activated once, Mm -hmm. uh, but it was kind of purely by accident. (laughs) Oh, look, I managed to get it in there. Amazing. (laughs) Pretty much, pretty much. I mean, after I, I, you know, plunked in the two bucks so I could get three plays, because otherwise it was a dollar a play. And the... The first game I played was horrendous, and that's when I was like, "Okay, don't just flip the ball randomly and whatever, because you're going to drain the ball very quickly. Let's do some catching and shooting." That being said, uh, you're able to select characters at the beginning, and mm. I think you mentioned this will be good once they get the code up and running. Because yes. right now, I didn't notice much difference between what happens when yeah. you select a character. Um, uh, shots aren't necessarily lit up very well either. It seemed um, again, I, I couldn't really figure out where I was supposed to be going um, with anything in particular. Um, there was one mode I started that was pretty obvious. Like it was just, yeah, the shots were pretty prominent in this one mode that I did. It was, uh, uh, what's the chick's name in that movie? 
Gamora? Um, yeah, Gamora. I think it was Gamora multiple, and I had to shoot the left ramp and then the right ramp and then the left ramp and then or maybe okay. throw in another like loop or something in that combo. And th- those shots were pretty well highlighted for me. Okay. Um, so I think it, it depends on just depends how on much the they've worked on. Yeah, they probably just like, worked on the more targets popular characters the... first, I think, were... to flesh out those modes because they're the ones that people probably play. Right. Uh, on the left-hand side of the table, there's a bank of targets that uh, the insert said just basically said Guardians, I think is what it... Or... Yeah. And I couldn't figure out what, what, that... what I was even supposed to do with that. <laughs> was I supposed yeah. to be aiming for well, it or anything? I don't... I think it hit it and it might light a mode or something, I, I think. Um, I think that's how you start modes. Like mm. you shoot the Guardian shot and then it you shoot another shot and then it will actually start the mode, I think. Okay. Hmm. I don't what know. I did I'm, like I'm... in that game, I, I think the thing that was interesting, I really quite enjoyed that left rant shot up near um, Groot. There's a yeah. left rant that sort of, uh, it sort of snakes, when you shoot it, it snakes up to the left and then sort of hooks around and then comes back down again. And there's something about the that ball path that really appealed to me. I enjoyed shooting that particular ramp. Um, and it felt good. It sort of, it had that good feeling when you shot it for right. me. Yeah. And it was kind of good. The other one though, uh, the right ramp was a bit tight. Um, I think okay. you're really going to have to dial in your shot for that one for me. Um, did you manage to, I didn't uh, have shoot too much rocket. With drains? Um, rocket is the, oh yeah, the, um, kickback. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's yeah. a mean, fast kickback. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a he's yeah he's pretty fast rocket. Um, I I stayed away from him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did one of those. Well, I wonder what happens if we shoot it here. So I you know was spending some time trying to get the shot in there, and I got it in there, and it's like boom! Also, the the ball comes back at me 100 miles an hour. I'm like, whoa, okay, maybe I don't want to be in there. <laughs> yeah, unless it's really valuable shot, I don't think I'm going to shoot that <laughs> yeah, yes. anytime soon. <laughs> it's one of those shots that you got to be prepared Safe for. Way. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to shoot rocket, and here we go. <laughs> flip, just reflex flip, basically. Uh, so the, the table also yeah. only has two songs, um, of which the first song, I, I forget which one it is, but the second song was one of those that I went, oh, this is fun to play pinball with, and that's uh, when Cherry Bomb starts. Oh, that okay. song just really works well with the mechanics. I don't know what it was, but I was really excited when it started up and it kind of got me like amped playing and just the, the general noise of the pinball machine itself went well with the music. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where it was like, that was a good marriage a good of guess. music. Good, good. good guess. Guess. So yeah. you don't necessarily need 20 billion songs. You just need one that works. And what's interesting is, is it's the song will pause when, uh, a vocal uh, call out happens or uh, you know, something important happens on the screen. And then as soon as it goes back into play mode, it picks up right where the song paused and, you know, it continues. And that was with both songs, I believe. I really enjoyed that aspect of Mustang as well. Like the songs in Mustang, even though Mustang is an underrated game, yeah. the way they integrated the songs into that game was really nice. Like when you were sitting in the ball shooter lane with Mustang, it would have like a guitar riff just looping over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then when you plunge the ball, even if it was a midway through the guitar riff, it would actually play out the bar 
and then switch over to the main body of the of the music that like okay. the main verse of the music and it was just so seamless i was going i'm going to see if i can screw this up and i, I plunged it in a really awkward spot in the mm-hmm. song and no no it just played out the bar and then integrated beautifully into the the actual um main verse of the song i just went that's pretty cool how you've done that See, there's something that I would that obviously Zen needs help on, mm. uh, because when they put music in the tables, it just has nothing to do with what you're doing. <laughs> it's just music yeah. for music's sake, and it it kind of uh, on their older tables is really annoying. Uh, they've gotten a little bit is. better, but I really wish they would customize the music more uh, in this exact same manner. Uh, yeah, it's it just, it's so good. It just feels good. It makes it a big difference to the table. Um, it, it just makes it sort of feel a little bit more alive, I think. So, so because, did you manage to get Groot multiple? Yes. Yeah, I managed to get that also. Um, and again, with super bouncy rubber, it just became a flip fest. I wasn't even trying to aim for anything because I, I'm telling you, I could not predict where the heck a ball was going to be going. <laughs> so what was your score? What'd you get? Oh, God. They were so terrible, I didn't even bother uh, noticing. I mean, it was like in the teens for I think I got, you know, I managed to get about 30 million, I think. Yeah, um, I don't think it ever got that high. And my table, it was only been there for two days, but I didn't find the rubbers to be overly bouncy at all, although mm. a lot of the games on the floor there were pretty nice. Um, and I guess I'm used to playing on bouncy rubber at uh, Netherworld as well with uh, Star Wars. So maybe I'm yeah. just sort of accustomed to the bouncy rubber feel at the moment. Um, but, oh, man, speaking about, are we done with Guardians of the Galaxy? Well, the only thing I was going to say is, because uh, I was trying to look it up, um, what is the difference? Are, are we missing anything significant between a premium version and the pro version? Other than, you know, group uh-huh. hands on the table, and it's I read that it has extra magnets, but I don't think there was anything else missing. I'm trying to find that out now. I'm just having a quick Googling. Because um, it seems to me yeah. that it's got the same ramp shots and uh, you know spinners and lights. and you know, It's not like there is uh, a sunken play field. It wasn't like Star Wars where the that, that extra loop is completely missing. Um, it just seemed more like it was visual things missing, toys and not actual gameplay being affected. But I could be wrong. Pro, uh, it's different artwork. Extra magnets, sculpted Groot arms. So you get the Groot arms, which obstruct a good part of the playfield on the um, premium version. So great feature, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe the pro yeah. version is the way to go here. I don't know. It depends on how much of those magnets uh, would affect. Um, well, I think you know extra magnets and two spinners. Like, come on. Um, that's really not a great upsell for... What is with Stern denying um, the spinners? I mean, are spinners really that costly? I don't get it. They're really that, not. Like, they the mechanism really themselves... Are, spinners on pro models. The spinners are, like, not even for them, not even a $20 part. No. Like, for them, they'd be $10. And <laughs> the mechanism underneath the playfield, it's still a switch. It... Why are you excluding something like well, a it's spinner? a mechanism that's been on every pinball machine since God knows when. I mean, you play an yeah. ancient EM and there's spinners on there. Why this sudden no, no spinner for you? 
And so this is the pre the, the premium, um, also the limited edition. So the difference from the limited edition to the premium is that you get different artwork again. Um, you limited to 600 units, you get a shaker motor in okay. it if you buy the limited edition. Big deal. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. but a shaker motor isn't worth another $1,500, basically. Oh, well, you get again, a mirror. Sorry, you do get you a mirror. The art is different. It's the, it's the cabinet art. It's not the playfield art that's different. Yeah, exactly. So who cares? Yeah. So I'm looking yeah. at the playfield art and I'm going, well, I actually prefer the pro model um, art, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, the only thing that you get with the limited edition, you get, you've got gold armor um, and art blades. Wow. Yeah. I get stern. Like, that's actually not right. a big deal. And right. uh, the thing that is different, though, is you do get a mirrored back glass translite. Um, with okay, the well, that's nice, rather than a basic translate. But we're talking, let's look at the difference in price, right? So you got um, street price. This is US street price. is 5400 for the Pro. Um, street price for the um, limited edition is 8500 Yeah. So... <laughs> That's a lot of money for a mirrored trans. Let's look at the actual value here. A mirrored translite, um, uh, a shaker motor, and two spinners. Those are like, some expensive spinners. Sorry, extra, extra, extra magnet. Sorry, one extra magnet probably because there's no real and, where else they could put that. Right. And a Groot arm. And, and terrible Groot arms that obscure most of the playfield. So... Yeah, leave that premium on the shelf, if you ask me, and <laughs> arguably the LE as well. Um, was, uh, yeah, I reckon the Pro is the winner here. So yeah, my location—they um, only had Pro models. They had uh, Game of Thrones, they had Ghostbusters, and they had Star Wars. And then they also had a uh, Star Trek: Next Generation and Creature from the Black Lagoon. But I only played mm-hmm. Guardians because that was the only reason why I was there at the. You know, I'll go back, but that was the only one that I wanted to. Uh, Get get a little bit of time in the the store location itself. Um, they sell video games, but it's old cartridges and stuff. So basically, no. it's kind of a, it's almost a museum because everything was in glass case. <laughs> but it was like you oh. walk in there and you look, and you're like, hey, look at all this Sega Genesis stuff. Man, the boxes were big back then. <laughs> you know, they are huge, eh? huge, and and you know, it was it was all those weird. Uh, funky things that each console had, um, plus those rare games that are worth the you know the mega bucks and stuff. So it was, it's kind uh-huh. of it was kind of fun looking around. They also had regular uh, arcade cabinets of uh, a bunch of different uh, games, but uh, so you know, it was it was almost a proper arcade that happened to sell video games. I mean, you know, that was yeah, that's pretty cool. Kind of the kind of the kind of the setup design of it. Um, hmm. So it was kind of that, interesting. That sounds unique enough. So if you're um, if you're in Southern California the, near Disneyland, uh, this place is in Fullerton, and it's called Lost Levels, and it's in the Old Town Fullerton. If that makes any help, but it would be if you find yourself in Southern California near that area in Orange County. There you go. You should do it. Well, that is very interesting. Well, I've got some other things to talk about uh, with my okay. journey to Pinkadia because it is actually. Um, pretty cool. Um, they've got they've got a, a almost like a dungeon <laughs> that has okay. 
all the video games and like a mixture of dedicated pieces and uprights and, and all classic video games. Um, but upstairs is where it's a very wide open space upstairs and there's a bar upstairs and that's where all the pinballs are on this upper level, basically. Um, so they're all at street level. If you walk in one side of the building, you've got to walk upstairs to get to them from the other side. Um, so they had, geez, they had a lot of good titles there. Um, they had um, a selection of, they had Medieval Madness remake. They had Attack from Mars remake. Um, they also had an incredibly rare, rare pinball called Orbit 1 which was, um, I think, 37th off the production line for Hankin, uh, which so was an Australian pinball manufacturer. Orbiter one. <laughs> no, no, definitely not <laughs> to be mistaken, because that's a very different game. Very different That's game. crazy. <laughs> yeah, this, this is very much a street-level um, game. It had just, you know, flat play field, very sparse, actually, really. Yeah. Um, not a lot to do on it, but it's historical. It's significantly historical because it was the first um, the first game off the production line for this particular manufacturer. And the interesting thing too is that as manufacturing continued, they started to change design elements on the table. So um, the version that's on the floor there is um, will would be different to later versions that came off the production line because they were. Oh, wow redesigning things subtly as they learned uh, how it was performing. Um, so I think you can probably think about Hankin as like a boutique manufacturer um, when they were releasing pinballs and they would actually make tweaks as they went along. So the other one, the other interesting thing too is that Hankin were the first pinball company officially to make a licensed pin. And that licensed pin was actually Star Wars. Um, so this company, um, had a very super super wide body Star Wars. Um, this thing was huge, like bigger like, than like, the belly, like the square, almost the square play field. <laughs> yeah, even about the same size as those huge belly wide bodies, yeah. like Genie. Yeah. Um, colossal, colossal game, like four flippers at least, I think, on it. Um, and yeah, this this game, it, it was a long thought um, thing that. Uh, the the game was actually ripped off from uh, Lucasfilm. But it turns out that um, they actually did secure licensing rights to Star Wars for this table. So it was actually the very first table that was licensed wow. um, for Star Wars. In fact, what year? the very first what year? licensed table, uh, 1979, I think. So this would have been right when uh, they were starting to do marketing of product. Uh, yeah, it's actually the Empire Strikes Back. Um, it's called the Empire Strikes oh, okay. Back by Hankin, and it was only three hundred and fifty units produced. So mm. I've seen I've seen one um, when I was younger. I saw another one recently that was in just absolutely terrible condition. Like it's been, it's such a shame because it's it's now three hundred and forty nine units available yeah. <laughs> in the world because that one was cactus. You'd have to rebuild everything in it. Um, this was the last pinball machine built by this manufacturer, um, um, and there's nothing on here um, about it being um, officially licensed on the Internet Pinball Database, but it 
I was talking to the, the guy who was um, running Pinkadia, and he actually had um, Mike from um, Homepin do the reveal of Thunderbirds Argo, um, the licensed pinball machine from right. uh, Thunderbirds there. So this guy has got a lot of, I guess, backstory to the old Hankin because he's got the rights to reproduce the Hankin cocktail tables and stuff like oh, that. Okay. So he would have known um, the real story behind it. So very interesting. Um, so, yeah, and getting back to the, the lineup of games, the real highlight for me was both playing, was really actually playing Attack from Mars Remake um, because that game itself is very interesting. They We were talking a little bit about this last time on the show and the fact that the difference between this uh, remake versus Medieval Madness is that it's got a super widescreen um on it it's still dmd size but it's super wide compared to medieval madness and boy it's uh it still uses a lot of the old dots um that were in the um the previous game but when they when they do show the remastered um screens on it you go wow okay that's pretty shiny it actually looks very much like um, the art style and um, crispness that you saw on Pinball 2000. Oh, okay. Um, so so that type of animated effect, and I reckon they might have actually lifted some of the art from Pinball 2000 right. um, on this particular one. Um, like generic things like the Attack from Mars logo when it comes up is like very, very crisp, and it looks wonder- like something you would see on a computer monitor. I wonder if, because uh, you said it wasn't all the animations, it was just some of the animations, and I wonder if it's one of those things where yes. it's like, they did what they did right now enough to put it out there so the people understand that this is what is looking different, and then as time goes by they'll wind up doing all the animations. I think they will. I think that's the goal. Like They're going to go through yeah. and do very much like um, Color DMD did. Right. They work through the machine until they get um, re boy. I tell you what, the scene, I forgot how terribly brutal attack from Mars is. (laughs) It is. I was flat out getting a billion on it. I, I, in fact, I didn't get a billion on it. Yeah. Um, It kicked my ass hard. Um, It was really bouncy too. And strange. It felt um, sometimes, but then other times it was just super brutal. Um, I I don't remember it feeling like that, but my memory of it playing a real one um is you know a good twenty years old now. So, yeah. but it was fun to play. Like I I pumped a couple of bucks in. It. I thought, oh, I want to put more in, but I'm so limited on time. I have to go and play Guardians of the Galaxy now. <laughs> so I just had one game. I had one credit on Guardians of the Galaxy, and I got thirty million. And um. I well and truly got my ass kicked on um, Attack from Mars Remake, but I'll be back. I want to play that game more because the sound system is markedly improved in okay. the game. Like you can feel the whole cabinet vibrate with the sub they got in there. Nice. It's it's huge. So so yeah, it's very very good. If you do hear about an Attack from Mars Remake floating around the US, I I reckon you should go and check it out. The the light show is super intense. That they've now got proper LEDs in there, um, so yeah, it's it's pretty cool to see. Which makes you wonder how strobe um, multi would uh, wind up looking <laughs> with, oh, with full I, LEDs. Well, 
the thing is that it's uh, the strobe is actually no longer a strobe. In it. it is actually like a I think a nine bank of LEDs um, okay. underneath the thing, so it's not a true strobe, but it's still plenty bright enough. And yeah. I think over time, as they improve the software on this particular game, they're going to really dial that strobe effect back into the game. I think it's a little bit, it's not quite um, as epilepsy inducing at the moment as it would <laughs> probably, it should be. Um, yeah. But they will, they will get there with it. I'm pretty confident they will because the LEDs are very responsive. Like you can turn it on and off very quickly, cycle them very quickly. So right. looking pretty good. Your, uh, your mentioning yeah. of licensing made me uh, think of something that's happening this week that I don't know if it has gone through yet or not, but it's very much in the uh, in the works. Uh, warning, folks, not pinball-related. Um, <laughs> so it looks like 20th Century Fox Television and Film Division is being put up for sale, and guess who's looking to buy it? Disney. Uh, Disney? Yeah. <laughs> so Disney wants to buy anything these right? days. Right. Well, here's the thing that uh, where it becomes exceedingly interesting. So, of the Marvel properties that Disney does not have control of, or I should say, Marvel does not have control of, but the Marvel is owned by Disney. So there you go. Um, they don't have control of X Men or Fantastic Four, which is what Fox has, mm. and they do not have control over Spider Man, which is what Sony has. Now, obviously, because of Sony, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming and also Avengers, Sony and Fox worked out a deal to share it, basically, saying, hey, look, this okay. is both our best interests um, you know, to do it this way, but that way we can work it into the universe. Fox wanted nothing to do with that. They were like, nope, we're not relinquishing control whatsoever. The fallout of that is that Marvel cannot utter the word mutant because that is an X-Men oh. terminology. So they can't <laughs> utter the word mutant. And that is why in the Avengers movie with Scarlet Witch, uh, it wasn't that her mutant abilities came out. It was that that one stone brought them out of her. Uh, and so Marvel was using the word inhuman uh, as their inhuman. version of Yes, as uh, which apparently is also a, a that is an actual branch off of Marvel Comics, but under the what we would be watching it as people should have been called mutants. So this has the potential. Sounds like <laughs> it reminds me of the tribal versus multiple. Oh, right. <laughs> that I mean, literally, yeah. yeah. So where this. Uh, the potential here is that, hey, finally the X-Men and especially Fantastic Four can get brought back into the, the Marvel Universe with no problem. And that would make everybody that's uh, fans of these movies very, very happy. It would also mean that Disney could... They pretty much would... There is another X-Men movie coming out uh, called Dark Phoenix. That would probably be the end of that group of X-Men movies. And then they would just do a complete reboot so that they could introduce their own mythology because the current mythology is bonkers. <laughs> it's it's impossible to figure out. Um, oh, you need, you need a guide. Thing, you actually need a matrix, right, to actually follow the flow of the movies. It's just... oh yeah, yeah. The the thing that people are fearful of is well, what's that mean for Deadpool? Uh, because Disney is not usually in the habit of making an R rated 
movie that would carry the banner of Marvel, you might say. They've kind of they were asked last year or the year before, would they consider making an R-rated Marvel movie? And they're like, nope, PG-13 only. So people are worried about that. And Ooh. the same thing goes for Logan, which was very R-rated. Now, obviously, Wolverine is dead in that mm. one. But uh, they did introduce that other character, the, the little, little girl, that people were like, oh, well, you can continue using her. But nobody's going to want to go back to a PG-13 version after seeing <laughs> that. So that's one of those things where they're going to go, mm, I don't know. But here's the other thing that Disney would wind up owning. Uh, Avatar, which there's four <laughs> movies scheduled. Uh, Die Hard. Four, four <laughs> movies scheduled. Oh, yeah. He's, he, he's, he's, they've written four more movies. Uh, Cameron, has, they're shooting the first two simultaneously. And then he said, based off of uh, if they sell well, then they'll have the other two ready It'll to do it. Right. And basically, so they'll base it off. Well, we're we'll have ending, in other words. Well, they, yeah. he said they're all self-contained, but they've also figured out an interacting arch um, right. that, you know, would, would flow. But if you mm. essentially, if number, well, it would be number two, if that does well in the box office, then they'll go ahead and make three and four. Uh, but like what he termed mm. it, it's not Lord of the Rings where they are absolutely tied to each other and you can't just, you know, jump in on the last one, not having seen the first two, you gotta, you gotta watch them all. And he's saying that that's not going to be the case with this, but anyway, so they'll have that. Um, now Disney already mm. is in control of star Wars, but if you bought the newest versions on Blu-ray, you no longer had the 20th century Fox fanfare at the beginning, which I'm sorry, that is as star Wars as anything. If, if your Star Wars movie doesn't start off with the fan, 20th Century Fox fanfare, it just sounds wrong. Um, and so they would be able to distribute the movies with that back in place. And more importantly, they would be in uh, control of A New Hope, which is the only one of the Star Wars movies that Fox still is completely in control of. Now, why is that important? Because if Disney gets a hold of that and has control over that, then they can finally release. Uh, unspecialized editions of the first three movies without all the added effects that, you know, basically the way that they were originally seen in the, in the theaters. So ah, right. all sorts of ramifications uh, go on to this. And of course, all of this would make it even more difficult for Farsight to be able to get licensing deals for any of the Marvel <laughs> pinball machines. <laughs> oh man, there's pretty much anything. They, they would have open slather. With yeah. the arrangement with Disney. Jeez. Yeah. They'd be pretty happy about that, I think. So I, I'm curious to know how much this... Oh, here's one that will really you know, kind of screw the noodle around. Uh, it would also mean Disney would be in control of The Simpsons. Wow. Right? Oh, jeez. Imagine that. Imagine having 20-plus seasons of material to weave into a pinball machine. Where would you start? Like, well, I'm not even talking about pinball machine. I'm just the mind boggles at uh, you know something so anti Disney suddenly being owned by Disney. Yeah, <laughs> what would they even do about that? Like, it would just be well. Oh. It's not like the studio is going to fold. Basically, it's nah. it's there. You'd still have Fox movies coming out, but just Disney would be the one making the money from them. <laughs> yeah. Um. But this is a this is a complete sale of catalog. We're talking movies back to the 30s 
would be now owned by Disney. Um, so wow. it gives them it gives them the rights to all those licenses. That's where the uh, that's where it is. It's not like suddenly your movies aren't going to have you know Fox attached to them or, or be known as Fox properties, but it is going to be they will have access to all of those characters that have been done in the past. So yeah, like I said, Die Hard, Predator, Alien, boom, those are all Disney properties all of a sudden. <laughs> wow, <laughs> right? That's crazy. It goes so, to show that if one of these, like, it will eventually happen that these companies will actually amalgamate into one. That they, yeah. they can't be as many companies, like movie companies, as there are at the moment. It sort of doesn't feel sustainable. Uh, they, they've well, certainly lasted, right? Well, but, you can't. You cannot compete with the dollars when a studio is suddenly owned by a multinational conglomerate. You know, when they were studios owned by artists, you could have a ton of of studios. It was it was okay, but you know, when you talk about all the ancillary dollars that go into home release and merchandising and everything else like that, the movie itself is not the product. It's what it spins off. It's the marketing machine. Yeah, you know, if you if you wonder why you know Pixar has made three Cars movies, it's because the toy line has sold something of the nature of four billion dollars worth of toys. Oh, that's so incredible, isn't it? People <laughs> people love their Woody dolls, man. Like they will buy those things. You know, so yeah. anyway. That's oh, uh there's there me sneaking in movie news. <laughs> um Well, I actually didn't mind that movie news sneaking in because it was it seemed very interesting to me. You can relate? Um, <laughs> I, I can relate. I, I actually can relate to that, yeah. It's it's very interesting. The business of movies, man. All or ownership of rights. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. All right, folks. So there you mm. have it. There's this week's uh, podcast. We will be back next week. Uh, whether or not I will have seen the new Star Wars movie is debatable. Um, I'll probably be seeing it that week. Yeah, it comes out on the 15th. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's a, one of those things of when we record and when I'm probably going to go see it. I don't know uh, what the order is. But anyway, uh, I know what everybody else will be doing. So there you go. Uh, if you yes. want to drop us an email, we mentioned it before. Let's mention it again. Blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com visit our website yeah yeah that's that's the one dot com that's the one dot com blockadepinball.com there you can find you've done so well the last couple of weeks too and and here you are you're like completely super munched at this time you couldn't help yourself I would love to know if there's people out there listening that are like, oh I hope he screws it up this week and then if I don't they get it yes Success kid, yes. I'm actually uh, listening, looking at a, a thread on Facebook. This is our, on the whole Guardians of Galaxy thing. Yeah. And this is, this is food for thought as we close out the show. Yeah. Um, this guy called Corey Hamilton, who's part of our Brisbane Pimble Cup League, he says, hmm, Guardians of the Galaxy, if you have played ID4, almost the same. You think about that. Think about the shots on Independence Day. I spent so long that, that I wouldn't be able to tell you. That ramp that curls back around the left ramp yeah. is basically that ID4 ramp, but in a slightly different position. Are they the same designers? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, I'm Sega sure. got bought by Stern or became, I forget what the order of things are, but Stern is in control of Sega Pinball now. I wonder if it's the same designer. That'd be interesting. Oh, it might be. It might be. Yeah. Anyhow, we should probably head off, eh? Yes. 
Okay. Uh, hey, make sure you follow us. Uh, Jared is at Jared Morgs on the Twitter. I am at Shut Your Traps. And the show itself is at Blockade. All right, folks. We'll talk to you again next time. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye-bye. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball.